It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here's David Brooks down the right-hand side, fed by Solanke, running against the challenge of Erstegaard, in towards Denjuma. What a start! This is magnificent! 25 seconds! We knew Denjuma was on fire! Goodness me! Hello, good morning and welcome to episode 120 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. On this show, there's a chance to take a look at the weekend's match at Dean Court, where AFC Bournemouth managed to dispose of Coventry City 4-1. It was a frenetic start with a goal for either side. And after that, it became a familiar affair where cherries were spurning golden opportunities in front of goal. But at least we were creating them which suggests that maybe a corner has definitely been turned. But thankfully, Dan Juma was the man again, and two goals from him and an assist too helped Boscombe romp to a relatively relaxed win over the Sky Blues. To discuss events, it's myself, Jeff Hayward, Neil Dawson and Tom Jordan. Plus, later in the show, we'll also be previewing Huddersfield away, which is a half-past-five kickoff on Tuesday. Jeff, you alright? Magic. <laughs> Magic. Tom Jordan's here too. You alright, Tom? Magic. Magic. And also Neil Dawson. Neil, you alright? Dan Ju Magic. <laughs> Dan, Dan Ju Magic. Always, he's always got to go one better, hasn't he? Always. <laughs> of course he has. So, lads, four goals on Saturday, four wins in a row. Tom, it's amazing how things can change in football, isn't it? Yeah, it's great being a football fan, isn't it? I'm, uh, okay, it feels like only the other day I was saying, oh, I just don't believe in the group. And yesterday I'm just like, I'm wearing a Holland shirt for Dan Juma. I'm loving them. I love them all. But yeah, it was it was really nice. It seems like a while since it's been so comprehensive. 
I never, I know they they scored the the free kick quite quickly, but I always felt like we were in control and always felt like we were going to win the game, and and that was nice. And I felt like if it had gone on another ten minutes, we would have been the more likely to get another. To us, that was really nice to see, and yeah, some players back and a lot of people on song. So yeah, it was it was quite comprehensive, which like I said, it hasn't seemed like we've had too much this season. So um, really positive and getting four goals as well. Good good to um hit the back of the net a few more times as well. Yeah, and Jeff, was this the first match for you where you actually expected to win? Because it was for me, because for a while I haven't really thought the boys can do the business, but now they're starting to actually make me believe in them. You know what? It is um, one of those games that, that I felt we, we had to win and should win and ought to win quite comfortably. But then I thought that about Millwall. I thought that about Luton at home. I thought that about Sheffield Wednesday home and away. So those those teams and Derby and those teams have caused us problems. So it was never a foregone conclusion. And one of the dangers with our squad is they get a bit over complacent and get caught and can't actually change gear when they need to midway through the game. So I was pleased with the fast start. Yeah. And Neil, you You'd got all your credit card details in AFCB TV. We were chatting at half time on the watch along, and you were all ready. So you caught that goal after what was it, 23, 24 seconds or something? 23 seconds, yeah. yeah. There'll be a lot of people that didn't know, I imagine, because they'll be tip tapping away, trying to remember the three numbers on the back of the card, trying to get them in, <laughs> then put it on and go 1 1. Oh, shit, it must have kicked off an hour early. <laughs> but, no, well, it, was, it, was, it was great. It was brilliant to start like that. Yeah. And uh, I think the Brilliant as well to get a two-goal cushion because I do, I do think we are likely to concede a headed goal from a set piece. So having a two-goal cushion um, really suits us. Well, it suits any team, doesn't it? But it suits us in particular, I think, because I think we then attack more. And and uh, no, it was, I never felt really under any threat yesterday. Mm. So, Tom, talk through the opening goal then. Quite early, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it didn't seem like I didn't realise anything had happened and then the ball was in the net. So, um, yeah, it was just, a, like I said, I think they, I think they had kick off, but it was a fast start, got it back and um, set Arnie away. And set, he's one of them players at the moment when he's in that position. I, I don't expect anything other than a goal, to be honest. So cool and composed in, in them positions off that left, cutting in and just putting in the corner. So, yeah, really, really nice fast start. And um, straight away, I, I felt for the lad. I think they, I think they said it on commentary. I think they're quite young player playing kind of up against Dan Juma, uh, Eccles, I think his name was. And he must be having nightmares because it wasn't a good game for him to come in. But um, And Arnie showed that straight away from the off. So, yeah, perfect start. And, Jeff, we need to pay credit to David Brooks, who had an incident impact because that ball right across was incredible, wasn't it? It was sumptuous, that ball. Uh, it was the sort of ball that you used to play in your prime, I'm sure, Sam. You know, bent yeah. with the outside of the left foot, you know, straight into the path. And you just know. teased the defender, just teased him. You know, he thought he could get it and he couldn't. And it was it was wonderful to see. I think that was David Brooks's best performance of the season, uh, probably uh, for the last couple of seasons, because in the final few games at the end of last season, I don't think he was he was really fully fit um, or fully firing. And uh, David Brooks fully firing, as we saw in that Blackburn game with that lovely back heel to Smithy to create the, the goal, uh, the start of that one, I think this time it's just that 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 difference that it makes. You know, if we've got that player on the right-hand side of that three playing really well, the defenders are, are really going to be given a lot of problems here because they can't gang up on Dan Juma, they can't overwhelm Solanke. They've got to watch Brooks as well. And 
that was superb from him yesterday. It was, and it was a team that was picked with attacking intent, I've got to say. I mean, apparently Jack Wilshire in an interview has said that he likes to play a little bit deeper. But I thought, Neil, that picking him over Pearson maybe um, set our stall out a little bit in terms of what we're intending to do. And, uh, you know, to be having a fast start like that was brilliant. But it didn't last too long. It didn't. And Jack Wilshire obviously was at the centre of that. So I think it looks like we're setting up to play Jack Wilshire in home games, um, Pearson in away games, it looks like, doesn't it? And potentially we might play Pearson in a tougher home game if we were up against a more physical side. That seems to be the pattern. Um, Jack Wilshire, I I mean, personally, I think he's better further forward, but obviously he wouldn't displace um, Phil Billing at the moment. But he, he lost the ball and then in trying to win it back, he sort of kicked the guy's foot as he was about to shoot. And uh, and that was that. So three minutes in, I had a funny feeling actually they might score because it just it, games just go like that, don't they? And um, I thought a few people were a bit harsh on social media blaming Begovic for that because I think sometimes you just got to applaud a really good free kick, and it was oh. bent beautifully right into the bottom corner. Um, so I don't think any keeper would have stopped it. So made for an exciting game. Yeah, it did. And in some ways, Tom. It was quite good to get that done early rather than maybe score on, say, 30 minutes and then commentary equalise on 60. It was quite nice to get it out of the way. So it showed their intent. And with that in mind, uh, hopefully we would push on. And I would say we controlled most of the first half. But, it, I mean, it wasn't picture perfect, was it? No, there were there were moments and, and commentary. Uh, I, I felt like it would probably suit us. They're quite open. They're a team near the bottom, but they're not a team that are like a Rotherham or scrap and fight. They're a little bit more try and play. Um, they're quite brave in their in their approach, so I felt it'd be quite open, and we saw that straight away. It was and it was kind of end to end for a while. But I always felt like if it was end to end, we would have more quality. Um, like Neil said, the, the free kick was was quality, but it's kind of yeah, it was a silly free kick to give away. But when they score a goal like that, you go okay, let's regroup, go again. You know, want a, a glaring error or anything like that. But it was a fast and exciting start, you know, for a neutral. But I, I felt quite comfortable because I felt that we would cause them more problems than they would cause us. And um, yeah, we had the players on the pitch to do it. And I agree with what, what Neil said. I think that games where we're expected to probably have more of the ball, we'll see Jack Wilshere. And games where we're you know potentially expecting to have to grind out a little bit more, we'll see see more of Ben Pearce. And that seems to be the pattern so far. And um, yeah, that didn't surprise me at all. And Brooks, throughout that first half, he was, he was managing to get on the end of a number of opportunities, as did Dan Juma at times, Jeff. It was nice for us to be actually creating chances. But there's always that fear of because we're not being clinical, will it come back to bite us on the bum later on? But it wasn't the case. And I didn't actually get that concern like I have in previous matches where we haven't been taking chances. I'm not sure if that was down to Coventry or what. I think the way we were creating chances was really encouraging. Um, Brooks had a, had a really decent effort uh, that, you know, with a bit of curl on it from it from that right-hand side would have gone in, I think. Um, I think Dan Juma always looked a threat. Solanke was connecting the play well. The big concern was that it was a bit harem scarum at the back at times. And mm. just the, what you get with Wilshire going forward, you lose a little bit going defensively. He doesn't track as well as, as Ben Pearson does, I think. Certainly when, when play goes into our box, very often what they were doing with their midfielders was flooding the, flooding the box for crosses. And we were, we, were, we were outnumbered, you know, in our own penalty area, which, which was kind of unsettling. And if they'd have been more clinical, we could have, we could have conceded again quite easily. Then again, 
you know, we always looked like we had enough in that game. It, it felt a lot to me like that Blackburn game at the start of the season where it didn't matter if Blackburn scored. We, we were always going to have enough and sounds a little bit arrogant, but, but everybody was on form going forwards yesterday and we could have, should have had more. It felt like we weren't relying on the star men that usually perform for us. Dom Solanke, I thought he did all right yesterday. Philip Billing-Neil has been absolutely phenomenal, but they weren't at their best yesterday, but it just felt like we didn't need to rely on individuals this time and it felt more cohesive as a team. Yeah, and I think that's the that's the bit that's grown with the confidence over the four, four wins in a, in a row. So I think the one thing we've been critical about the team, both under Jason and under uh, Woodgate, is that they... They they have individual moments of brilliance and occasionally they'll put together 15, 20 minutes of excellence. Um, but what you don't see is an identifiable pattern like we had, you know, when we went up from the championship before where you, you could just see that everyone covered everyone, everyone knew everyone's role, everyone knew what run people were going to make. But gradually, we're starting to see that creep in now, which means we're less reliant on moments of brilliance and you can see players dovetailing well together. I thought Kelly and Dan Juma dovetail well. I thought Smith and Brooks seemed excellent together. And gradually, you just see those partnerships coming together. And, you know, we've got a couple of really good tests coming up. Really interesting to see how we do against Norwich. And uh, because I think we're now starting to look like a proper team. Mm. Yeah, that's right. So we eventually did get the breakthrough. I mean, before that, David Brooks, as, as we alluded to earlier, had a number of chances. Uh, one of them, which was his best, where he... He came across the box and had a low shot with his left foot that I honestly thought was going to ripple the back of the net, but it was a good save by the keeper. Dan Juma flashing it wide. But then Dan Juma was on the end of it, Tom. Lovely little one-two with Billing, but I'm not even sure where it all started. But there was an interception in the middle of the pitch, I think, and it was laid out quickly to Dan Juma. And when he was in that position throughout the game, he must have been licking his lips because he had that right back on toast, didn't he? Yeah, he really did. And like you say, nice little uh, one-two with, with Phil Bill. And then I, I just expected him to try and pull it across the goal, to be honest, which I don't know why, yeah. because he, he does normally shoot. But then I, it took me a few replays to, to kind of see what he'd done, because I thought, mm. how has he got it in from that angle? But um looked like it almost went under, underneath the keeper, really. I don't even... I, I think, because it's Arnie, I think when he was definitely shooting, if it was anyone else, I thought, oh, are they trying to cut it back to Dom? But I think he was. I think he's, he's a player in confidence. We all know that. And... Um, yeah, it was a, a really tidy finish, and like I say, he was he was breaking away a lot, and, and it felt inevitable that he would get on the end of a few more things as the game went on, which he did. And like we've alluded to as well, I think with with Brooksy in there now as well, and I thought Don led the line exceptionally well. And I think them three, it means you've got so many options, and when you're going forward, and and like Neil said, I thought it was one of Lloyd Kelly's better games. I thought he was him and uh, Arnie were connecting really well together, uh, being quite critical of Lloyd, and I thought he was he was back on it. And I thought Smithy had a good game as well. And all these partnerships and connections seem to be be clicking together a bit nicer. So, um, yeah, and I think that goal was was crucial as well. Gets back in the lead. And we just grew from that, really. I don't think we ever looked back after that second. Now, do you think he's got the back five he, he knows and wants now, Jeff? The back four and the goalkeeper, you mean not a back five, Sam? Let's be clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would never want to see that again. I, I, I saw a stat on on Sky the other night, which which said that yeah. uh, playing the back four, which we've we've had twenty games playing the back four, nineteen playing the back five up until yesterday's game, and we've got nine more points playing the back four. So it it kind of tells you that the the players feel more comfortable. And I, I was thinking about it today that. If you're swapping between a back five and a back four, you, you, the coaches, I think, are being a bit too clever when they do that. 
you know, players want to know exactly what their job is. They want certainty. And that is what they've got under Woodgate, 4-3-3. That is his best team for home games, I think, for winnable games. I agree with um, what Neil was saying earlier. I think he'll probably play Pearson in the tougher tougher matches, the away games, uh, where he wants that bit more solidity and control in front of the back four. But that, to me, that's we're not messing about. We know it's CCV. We know it's Cook. I think we know it's Smith and we know it's Kelly. That, to me, is going to stick the same back four every game right through the playoffs and touch wood that we get there. Um, and, and going forwards, I can't see Junior getting in that team now if Brooks plays like that, um, which is which is difficult for a quality player like like, like Junior. But but when they're playing that well, that you can't you can't mess it about. That is the system. It seemed to be when we won the championship back in 2014-15, we always knew pretty much who was going to play. And there were only a couple of positions that were up for debate. You know, was it going to be Brett? Was it going to be Jan? Are we reaching those kind of uh, times, Neil, where we pretty much can pick the 11 that's going out? Yeah. Pretty yeah. much so. And, and I think, uh, and, and we, can, we also know who's going to come on. So, uh, yeah. as well. So, I think if we're losing or drawing, you'll see Stanislas and Raquel me because uh, he tends to take his wingers off um, and uh, and then later on Surridge. And if, if we're uh, if we're winning, then we'll get the Stacey and Rico come on as probably as wingers. And so, I think we do know the side. And I think that's that's been key to the, the change in fortunes has been absolutely that. And what's really um, encouraging for me as well is you can look through that side and think if any of them drop out through an injury or a suspension, you can name the player that's going to come in for all of them as well. And although they're not quite as good, otherwise they, you know, they'd be, probably be starting. I, I can name all the players that have come in for them, and, and neither of them would severely weaken the side. So mm. it's 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 looking, as long as we can carry on like this, it's looking good. But there is a malaise that tends to happen during some point in the match, Tom, and. That time was after half time again, where Coventry seemed to start quite well. Yeah, they started quite lively. Um, thought they would. They're, like I say, it just seems to be the, the their best form of defence's attack, and they try and be brave and try and play and try to get out. And they probably felt like in that first half that even though we were causing a lot, that they were getting in a few times. So they probably just said, you know, it's more of that, and we might get caught. And as as always, really, the next goal was always going to be key because they were going to attack us and it was whether we can break on them. And uh, fortunately, as the game went on, we did. But yeah, I, I agree with what the what the guys are saying. I think the fact that we kind of know this system and that now is, is paying off. Um, I just remember that when we when the change of manager and stuff happened, we all kind of said on, on one of these shows previously that maybe Jason, because of the size of the squad, was over-rotating because of the amount of games. And I remember us all kind of saying that when a manager comes in at this kind of stage of the season, they need to almost just get a small group and just say, you're, you're my group. That's it. I'm going to go with you like that. And that seems to be what will get done, which is, um, which is credit to him because I think that's, that's what you need. You need a bit of consistency going on from now to the end of the season. But yeah, like you say, um, start the second half, they definitely come out of the traps, which I expect us to, but I felt we, we controlled it pretty well and um, weathered the storm, so to speak. And then we're finding just as many openings as they were. Yeah, so on 48, uh, they won a free kick midway in, in the Cherries' half following a foul by Carter Vickers. But the delivery, um, yeah, it was headed by Cook, but dropped to Matty James, who had a shot drilled down the middle. Uh, you know what? They had a few opportunities, but it never felt overly 
concerning. What was a concern, though, was the injury to Josh Pask, though, with Philip Billing. I mean, it looked like Philip Billing himself was hobbling off at one stage. But, um, yeah, he was down for about 10, 11 minutes, Jeff. And ended up in hospital. Nasty, nasty um, clash of heads, whatever. I think it was actually instigated by the, the commentary centre-half who came in behind Phil Bill as well. It was sort of like a, a really bad sandwich. And um, uh, to, to be honest, you know, that... That break in play kind of helped us. I think we it 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 definitely unsettled Coventry because they had to bring on a another player, a defender who wasn't quite as quick as we soon found out. And I think just just that that kind of break in play gathered our thoughts. Thought right, let's let's kill this game. We need another goal, and we got it. And um, an, another superb, superbly created goal, superb finish. Dan Jim is probably that unpredictability now, Neil, isn't he? Because you think he's going to hold on to the ball, he's going to try to cut inside. But also, we now know that he's got a, a, rel- a relatively good uh, low delivery, high delivery. When Junior Stanislas was injured in the game before last, we were all you know, admiring his set pieces because they were so much better than Juniors because they were getting over the first man, albeit yeah. they, took a, they took a dip after that in the game. But... Low early ball. I mean, he beat his marker and, you know, the whites of his eyes, he must have been looking at that space thinking, I'm going to run into that. And talk us through the goal, Neil. I thought it was superb. Yeah, no, he was brilliant. I mean, he properly beat him as well. I mean, he, he stood yeah. him up. He stood him up like uh, Jordan Ibe um, used to do, uh, just stand still and then go. And the guy, I mean, he absolutely left him for dead. And then the, the, ball, the ball across was fantastic. And then Brooks, the right foot as well for Brooks, wasn't it? Which... Uh, yeah. I thought he'd try and cushion that with the outside of his left um, because most most left footers would on a ball like that. But he had the confidence to cushion it in with his right foot because it, it bounced just before it got to him. So it wasn't the easiest to finish. Superb to see that Nessa in the back of the net. And you knew from that minute on it would just be a question of of how many. So great for great for Brooksy. And then another game game counting moment or whatever they call them these days for Dan Juma. Mm, yeah, an assist for him and his stats are looking good, Tom. But Tom, you know when a ball is fired across that quickly, it's very easy to not hit the target. But he did well considering it was his weaker foot and it was a fairly composed finish, as Neil said. Yeah, I think uh, he probably would have would have wanted it to fall to Brooksy, to be fair. Very uh, cool, calm head in that in that position. Like Neil said, he could have maybe fought or oh, I just want to take this from my left, but he didn't. He controlled it really nicely. And yeah, it was a, a good goal. And like you say, Arnie backing up with numbers again. I've said that a lot with uh, Junior as well, that sometimes kind of comes in and out of games. But if you can back up with numbers, that's all you ask for. And the run Arnie's been on has been incredible, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I was, we were talking off air at the start. I was thinking, actually, we've been joking about it, but could he find his way into the Euro squad? Because that, that form is, there can't be many players, attacking players for Holland that are on that form. Mm. It's, and he's got a few appearances there. So, I, I mean, I don't know, but um, that would be interesting. But he's, he's certainly backing it up, isn't he? I mean, Sometimes he could be a bit frustrating, but of late, you just want the ball to go to him and you want him to just size up his man and you feel like you've got the, he's got the beating of him all the time. So, And a funny little touch at the end where we took him off because, like, like Neil said, the game was done. So uh, Woody was just making all the changes and resting them. I kept thinking, is he going to take him off? And you could see he didn't really want to because he wanted to get his hat trick. But nice to see him both smiling and having a laugh about it at the end. Um, yeah, it was, he had to do it, didn't he? If he had, I think Woody said it after the game. If he had got a knock in the last couple of minutes... He never would have kept, forgave himself. So, um, yeah, shame he didn't get his hat-trick. But um, hell of a performance again from Arnie. And what is that goal celebration thing he does? Like, what? what yeah, is that thing? Is. Is it a swan sure. or something? I don't know what it is. Well, at That's first I was thinking, what? is it a snake? Is it for Ryan Fraser? Like, I've got your spot, your snake. I don't know. 
That's what, that's what I'm, I'm telling myself it's that anyway. But I ain't got a clue what that is. Well, I was saying that if he can create a video of himself the game before last with a thunderbolt and all these like snazzy graphics when he has a shot that's blocked, that Philip Billing ends up scoring, goodness knows what we're going to see this week. I see Jeff's done the same thing as well because Jeff had his 100th uh, match for a uh, league match. Is that right for AFC Bournemouth? Mm. Yeah. How did yeah. you do? I mean, Tom, I'll stick with you because, you know, you are Jeff's number one fan. Jeff Hayward, you mean, yeah? Yeah, of course. Of course. But he did all right though, didn't he, Lerma? Mr. Reliable, you know, he's had a, he's had a few up and down games, but I, I said it um, in, a, in a previous video. I think sometimes with Lerma, because he's so kind of just eight out of ten, just, just does his job so well, you forget how, how key he is. And I think when he was suspended for that Southampton game, I appreciate it was a, a cup game and a different level of quality, so to speak. I think we noticed, you realise how good Jeff Lerma is when Jeff Lerma's not there. Um, and I just think he's been shame. It's weird, really, because since he's come in, we've kind of done that. But he's been, he's always been top draw, I think. And um, he is, he is reliable, and he's been a great signing. And uh, yeah, I, I, I just, I really rate what he does. And I think having him in there allows so many other players to to be free and to express themselves. And he's also added a bit more to his game this season. Um, yeah, a bit more box to box at times when we need him to be. I think when Ben Pearson comes on in certain games where we have Pearson instead of Wilshere. You see Jeff going that little bit further forward and, and turning up on the edge of the box. But, yeah, I didn't realise he had that many appearances. But he hasn't had, uh, apart from suspensions, he hasn't had a, a whole host of injuries since he's come in, really, has he? So, um, kept himself fit, as well as going away on international duties and that. But, yeah, let's hope he gets another 100 with us back in the Premier League. Because um, fans favourite, old Jeff, isn't he? Yeah, absolute fans favourite. So, the change was made that we all pretty much expected, I think. Jeff, it was uh, Wilshire off and Pearson on. And... It's been a lot of years. It's 1952 since AFC Bournemouth last got a double over Coventry. And even a 3-1, you know, I'm even worried even with a two-goal cushion. But we did make it a three-goal cushion and Ben Pearson was integral. Can we call him Piero? Can we call him that? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Well, I... He uh, he did a nice bit of combination work with Adam Smith, and I was willing that ball to go in because I think I, I I like Pearson. I think I've gone on record as saying he's got a, a great beard, which I admire, as well as he does that dirty stuff in the in the middle of the pitch. You know, he's always getting niggly tackles in without giving fouls away, which is great. And sometimes he is giving fouls away, which is important too. Uh, but I thought he deserved. He deserves to be on the score sheet, and uh, I can't. I can't quite see. I couldn't quite see which part of Solanke's body it went in off. Um, but <laughs> yes, Dom. Dom claims it, but um, it. Yeah, I mean, we, we could have had six or seven yesterday. To get four was great, and uh, it was it was pleasing to see Dom on the score sheet, even if he didn't know much about it. Mm. And Kirk Tovey, Tom, uh, he's not going to be happy with that, is he? Because he, he, he keeps on reeling off this stat about Solanke not scoring a brace since 2015. So he's going to be nervous in the next match against Huddersfield, isn't he? Oh, I'm <laughs> willing and I've never willed someone to score so much. But um, <laughs> pro- probably goal scorers finished that as well, wasn't it? You know, made it look like he didn't know what was going on. What a strike. No, I, honestly, though, I think um, when you when you're, the game's you know virtually dead, you think you've won the game. I think we all are willing Dom Solanke to score because that's what he needs. You need a striker to just be plugging away, getting the odd goal here and there. So, um, and uh, I think we've said before, I think Neil might have said last time actually, he does seem to go on little spurts with his goals. So hopefully um, he got on a bit of a bit of a little run now. But I, I think sometimes because of his goal scoring record is not always there for, for the main man up top, 
I think the last few games is he's led the line so well. And if you asked Arnie, you know, when he's getting the numbers, I bet he'll say a lot of it's down to Dom Solanke's way. His, his work rate's been exceptional. Um, so I was really pleased to see one hit him and go in, you know. I think he, he's, he earned that over the last few games, I think. Um, just loving the way he's, he's leading the line at the moment, to be honest. And Ben Pearson as well, really pleased when he come on. Because I don't, he gets a lot about this, you know, because he's a niggly, horrible kind of midfielder. But I tell you what, when he comes on in games, he controls a game really well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the amount of times he got hold of the ball when he come on the pitch and just calmed everything down and just and just done the right thing. So, um, yeah, I really like him. And it's off the bench again. So the options we're having now, junior to come back, looking quite tasty. He's the most unfortunate player not to be starting. Yeah. I think all the others on the bench, you can understand why they're on the bench. You can't really understand why he's on the bench. Or so I think I think he I don't know. I think there's a massive case for starting him even in the games where Jonathan Woodgate thinks we should be starting Wilshire. In terms of Slanky Neil, do you I don't know if you think this, but in terms of all the goals that he scored this season, it feels like half of them are like really unclean finishes. Like where it's just yeah. like trickled across the line or almost a miss kick or, you know, comes off his backside or something like it did yesterday. Haven't seen those kind of, you know, like we've seen a few like Barnsley away, like 4-0 where he turned his defender and scored really well. But there's been very few of those. It feels like it anyway. No, and there were even last year, I think his first goal, wasn't it, against, Le- against Leicester? Um, <laughs> it was like half a minute after he kicked it, they nestled in the back of the net. He's, yeah. um, he's not a... He's not a natural, clean finishing striker, I guess. So I don't think he probably ever will be. The only thing, he, the only thing you'd say in his defence is he doesn't take penalties, and he'll probably finish this season if he carries on the same run rate. He'll finish this season on fifteen or sixteen. And if you think in our um, our first years years in the championship before, if someone had said we'd have a centre forward that scores sixteen championship goals, we'd be delighted with that. So but without penalties. Um, because uh, if you took penalties away from Lewis Graben and Callum Wilson and Brett Pittman and Jan Kermigan, I don't think any of them, uh, someone will come on and tell me I'm wrong, but I don't think any of them would have got to 16 goals. So, uh, you know, he, he's um, I've knocked him enough in the in the past, so I feel like I should stick up for him a bit because he, he's really putting in the performances and he will, you know, if he carries on the rate he is, 15 goals from open play is not bad, is it? Mm. No, certainly not. So, 4-1. Tom, happy days. Back in the playoffs as well. Yeah, looking good. It's, it shows how quickly it changes, doesn't it? You got to, we win on, on Tuesday. I think we got a five-point cushion then. I mean, it's just just madness. But um, I think that's going to happen. Like, I do think, you know, as much as I like to stay positive, I do think we'll dip again and we'll come. There's still enough games. I think it will still be, um, I think we said this for a while now, I think it will be up and down till the end. And it's just, we're, we're hitting a bit of form at a good time. Uh, especially when other teams are, are faltering a little bit. I know Swansea kind of have come back with a win and stuff like that. But Swansea and Brentford look a little bit, you know, up and down, but they've got that cushion. But then I think, you know, Reading aren't looking convincing. As we all kind of predicted, I felt Reading were probably the team that I thought we could catch. But we're also now, you know, up there and close to Barnsley. So, yeah, I think I think now it shows how quickly it can change. I think now a neutral would, would tip Bournemouth, would put their money on Bournemouth to get in the top six, um, especially when you look at Reading's fixtures as well. They're horrible. But yeah, we're hitting form at the right time, and we're not. I don't expect us to win every game going um, remaining games, but I think we'll do enough. And uh, it was really, really important. Cause I think we had a, a real tough double header with Borough and Blackburn. I think they were really, really tough, and we just, I just wanted to win. You know, didn't really mind how we played, just, just grind them two out. And then I think it would have been easier. I think we alluded to it earlier that all right, this one's a win. 
in commentary, but you've got to go out there and do it. I think Woodgate was very honest about that and said these are the games that he like, kind of fears because you can have that complacency sometimes when you know the quality you've got and you play a team near the bottom. We didn't let that happen. And we also put them to the sword with four goals. Similar game I would have fought against Huddersfield in the week. So, yeah, uh, really, before we go into a Norwich game where they pretty much will be secured. So, might be a decent time to play, maybe. But, yeah, I think it's it's good at the moment. And I'm confident we'll, we'll get in there. And once you're in there, you're in there. And who knows? And you might go up. It'd be mad, based on the season we've had, where we've all had so many frustrations. I mean, Jeff... We're currently sat on 68 points, two clear of Reading in seventh. We've got a game in hand over them. We've got five points. We sit five points behind Brentford in third. Who we've got to play? Where can we really finish, realistically? Well, first of all, I want to say what a relief it is to see Cardiff, Millwall and Borough slip up. I think that takes the pressure off. It is down to six from seven in the in in the, the promotion playoff stakes. Yeah. And actually, the way uh, Watford and Norwich are so far ahead of the others, it is, it's four from those five. Yeah. Reading uh, were unfortunate against Watford on Friday night. I watched that game, and uh, they they seem to be specialising in missing open goals because they missed one against a horrific one against Barnsley, which I'm sure everybody saw on Twitter. If you did, oh, you should definitely see that. Yeah. It is unbelievable. And they did the same against Watford and missed an absolutely golden opportunity where it was easier to score. And they, they actually created quite a lot against Watford. And um, were it not for uh, Dan Juma's sort of, you know, a secondary Dan Juma, if I, if I might call him that, Saar, scoring two really good goals, I, I think Watford would have struggled in that game. And Reading are not out of it. You know, they've, they have got some tough games, but they're, they're not playing badly. Um Barnsley, I think, are, are grinding out results and are going to be uh, difficult for every team to play. I mean, even Neil Warnock went on TV yesterday and said how unpleasant it is to play Barnsley at the moment. I mean, crikey, that tells you how bad it is, you know. Um, Swansea, um, AU scored a brilliant goal yesterday, which which kind of lifted them. And against Millwall, I thought they they looked decent, particularly in that second half, although there was nothing really up until that AU goal that sh- that, that sh- showed they were going to win that game 3-0, let alone win it 1-0. And Brentford, um, I mean, I, I watched their game against Huddersfield a week ago and they were awful against Huddersfield. Escape with a 1-1 draw and then suddenly they, they can go from that to winning 5-0 away at Preston, who were a tough prospect away from over as we found out. You know, that pitch is not an easy pitch to play on and they're an awkward, bloody, horrible team as well. So it's it's really interesting. Like like Tom says, there are probably plenty of ups and downs, but we, we should fear no one. If we play like that, if we play like we have done for the last four games, we will terrify the lives out of all those teams above us because of our attacking threat. And with, with Beggs in goal, we shouldn't concede too many. I think the critical games for us are going to be uh, Norwich away, if we can get a point out of that. I think that would be really, really good if we can get a win at Millwall like Swansea did yesterday. I think that would be terrific. And then it's Brentford. Beat Brentford and I think we we could be finishing third or fourth. And that's the litmus test, isn't it? Psychologically, that could be huge for us, Neil, if we manage to get three points against them, given the fact that we might end up competing with them in the playoffs at some point. Yeah. How you go into the playoffs tends to define how you do in the playoffs. And there's been a few sides that have had a playoff place nailed on for months and therefore 
chilled and relaxed in their last few games and then not been able to get momentum back in time for the major event. Uh, and there's many tales of people that have come up late and ju jumped into it on the back of six or seven wins out of eight or nine and therefore have done really, really well when they get into the playoffs. So, I mean, we've got the best squad of the teams in the playoffs. I mean, if you look at it, the runaway top two, we've played them three times and they've only taken a point off us in those three games. So even if Norwich beat us on Saturday, there'll only be four points that the top two have taken out off us out of 12. And that just shows how strong our squad is. So yeah. it's whether or not we can keep the cohesion that we've developed in the last four games because the players are better than anyone that they'll come up against. It's whether or not we can keep the cohesion. That's all key to it. And then, like Tom said, once you're in it, it's anyone's game. But, you know, you've just got to avoid stupid mistakes or a stupid sending off because they're the things that kill you in playoffs. Um, but we're as likely to do them as anyone else, aren't we? But we've got better players. I honestly think, looking at the, I don't know if it's a Bournemouth bias, but I think of if you say it was the the six as it is now, I feel like we would be from the outside. I feel like we would be favourites in the sense that Brentford just keep doing this, don't they? Every season, yeah. it seems to be a psychological thing with Brentford. They really struggle to get over the line. From what I've, I, I appreciate they've played a lot more games than just the two against us, but I saw nothing in Swansea that, that scared me at all. Um, we battered them in one game and how we didn't beat them in the away game, I don't know. Um, I look at Barnsley, I think Barnsley are a good sign. Obviously, we saw that not so long ago. Quite inexperienced. I just, I, I look at it and I think if I, it's hard because when you are invested, but I feel like if I was on the outside, if it stayed like that, I probably would say, I think in one-off games with the squad, like Neil said, you'd fancy us, wouldn't you? And it's, like you said, Sam, it's, it's mad because it feels like I've, I've been annoyed all season and we could end up just, just going straight back up, but just straight back up. No worries. Uh, it's just it could, we could end up, yeah, just celebrating a, a Wembley win, and we're back in the Premier League. So um, it's Brent, mad, Brent, isn't it? Brentford and Swansea are footballing sides, and mm. we, we all, we, because we've got better footballers, we they they don't hold the fear for me. I mean, look look how we played against both of them. Look how, played, Brentford, yeah. look how we played against Norwich and Watford, who are also footballing sides. We we beat both of them. The, the problem for me, the worry for me is Barnsley because if someone's tight at the back and throws a lot of set pieces into our box, I think we would rather play anyone in the top six, including maybe even not Norwich and Watford, than we would play Barnsley. But that, that'll be the acid test. We've just got to hope that we don't get them in the first game and someone knocks them out. Hmm. How much credit should Woodgate get then, Jeff? Because he seems to have brought the players together and we could be going on five five wins in a row if we get a result against Huddersfield on Tuesday afternoon straight evening right man in the right place eh I mean three days into the job and you get the you get the head coach's job when you're not expecting it and uh, thrown in a bit of the deep end so he didn't really know the club didn't know the players didn't know the culture but hats hats off to him you know he's he's picked out the 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 problems that we had that Jason had, and I think that is keeping it simple. Is the solution that the the players have uh, some ego issues, and I think that's what made Jason's job a little bit difficult. Probably that was one of the reasons why he did over rotate because he wanted to keep everybody happy. And Jonathan's been able to come in and and actually take a different approach. Not quite sure what help he's getting from the other coaches, but I'm sure having having some fresh eyes on it has been helpful too. 
and to settle on 4-3-3, playing the way they are playing, keeping it simple. I mean, we're hitting Rose Z far more than we were we were under Jason Tindall when we're clearing the ball, which actually is the right thing to do, I think. Um, Coventry pressed us quite hard yesterday, but you know, we we were we look much better when we just you know don't faff about and just get rid. It, it, it's simple stuff, simple rules, and I think Woodgate deserves a lot of credit. He'll get more credit, of course, if we go up, and uh, that's that's really got to be the objective, both for him and and for this squad. We're we're too too good with this squad to be in the the championship next season. I think that's what he's done. That's what I was going to say. I think that's what he's done the, the best is going back to basics. I think when you've got a squad that we've got, you don't need to overcomplicate it. And uh, he's clearly a bloke that, that wants his defenders to defend. And it was just, you know, just setting the stall out and, and getting us getting us into a pattern and a way of playing. I mean, I remember early on when he won a few games, he then changed, didn't he, to a three or something. I think it was QPR. And then we, we lost. And it was almost a good thing that we lost that because it meant you go, oh, I won't do that again. But... Um, yeah, I think it's. I think he's just making them just do the basics right because he knows the quality we've got and things like well, yeah, and then just give it to Arnie and just try and you know what I mean. Get all, let all the flair players do that. Everyone else just just work work hard. But um, also, I think he's. I think like like we mentioned, I think the um, over rotation from Jason. I think if he had his time again, he wouldn't do that. Also, think um, Carter Vickers being fit has, has been massive. Jason never got to play Carter Vickers, and obviously he brought him in for a reason. And fortunately for us and for, and for, for Woodgate, you know, no disrespect to Meps, but he hadn't, he hadn't been consistent this season. And Carter Vickers is a proper defender that, that Woodgate would like. That's been massive. He's been like a new signing, hasn't he? And also just before um, Jason left, he brought in Ben Pearson. Never got to play him, but he's been another one, hasn't he? So I think whatever happens, if we were to go up, I think there's there's a lot of things that have, that have come together from the turn of the year. And Woodgate deserves credit. Um for, for just doing the basics really well and just letting us just not overcomplicate it. I think sometimes a manager come in and want to have their own style, but he's kind of almost because of his lack of experience, maybe he's just gone, I've got a bloody good squad here for the championship. Yeah. If we just set them up right, they should be able to do it. And yeah. that's what's happening at the moment. And also possibly because he know his contract's only till the end of the season. So he's not building anything particularly for future years. He's just got six months to or whatever it was to make the most out of out of what he had. What will be really, really interesting is, is it, because it looks like, you know, we think we should get in the playoffs. Would that be enough to keep him his job? Because I still think we've got designs on bigger names um, to, to manage it. So, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's hundred percent. He's fighting for his, for his, for his job as well. But I think, I think what he has done because he's been in some of the world's greatest dressing rooms, um, I think he knows how to handle egos. And I think Eddie latterly didn't um, with some of the players that he brought in. I think that was part of the problem. He never really got on top of, you know, the situations with Josh King and Ryan Fraser and, uh, and Callum Wilson. I think Jason, similarly from, from that stable, I mean, jo- Jonathan Woodgate's played for Real Madrid. He's not going to get phased by someone like Dan Juma saying, I want to stay on because I want to get a hat-trick or... Someone, you know, someone else knocking on the door saying what Jack Wilshire knocking on the door saying why aren't I playing? Because he's he stood in a in a changing room with the world's greatest players, hasn't he? So Yeah. I think that's one of the things we were I remember when we were talking about potential candidates and the reasons a lot of people liked the thought of Pearson, Nigel Pearson, was yeah. was because of that and because you figure he won't take any shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it looks we didn't know that Woodgate, but it does feel like he's got a lot of them characteristics, doesn't it? Like Neil said, being in them sort of dressing rooms and things like that. I was thinking about it earlier when I saw that um, Newcastle won and it looks like 
I reckon Fulham will probably go down. It wouldn't surprise me if we got promoted and tried to get Scott Parker. There's been a lot of murmurings, aren't there, about we quite like Scott Parker yeah. and Scott Parker was, but we couldn't get him away from Fulham because, you know, they look like, it's almost looking like now they've they've blown it and they're going to go. I think I think they're closer to West Brom now than, than Newcastle. So I think they'll probably go down. That, that, that wouldn't surprise me. It'd be harsh on Woodgate if that were to happen. But if that's, you know, if that's the, the planning in mind, then can't argue with that. But yeah, it'd be interesting because he's only got that, that short contract. Absolute masterclass from the board, wouldn't it? Just giving him that short contract, you know, getting him up. I always said they knew what they were doing up there. <laughs> hey, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We've still got Huddersfield Tuesday. And Jeff, keep it up, Jeff. Keep it up. Come on, come on, <laughs> you, know, you know, we've won four on the spin. Let's make it five. And, and Huddersfield... They could be the Huddersfield that played against Brentford and got a 1-1 draw, or they could be the Huddersfield that got destroyed a few days later by Norwich. And in fact, they should have got destroyed by Rotherham yesterday. They were really lucky to escape with a nil in that game. Rotherham missed three comfortable sitters. So let's hope they're still confident shot and um, we can go up there and do a job on them because we, we absolutely need to go into that Norwich game feeling good, feeling like we can beat Norwich, who who've won so many games this year by the odd goal like they did yesterday you know it was just there's nothing between them and other teams they just always seem to win and nothing would delight me more than for us to turn them over and do the double over them when they finish champions I thought the same Jeff when there was I know you said it earlier about um what you said about Norwich and we said about that Watford game that Reading were unlucky Watford are doing the same sort of thing at the moment. I speak to a few uh, a few lads that I know that are Watford fans. It sounds very like us at the start of the season. They go, we're not playing that well, but we're just getting over the line. You know, a bit of magic here and there. And Norwich have done it consistently all season. We had a spell of it at the start, and Watford are doing it at the right time, haven't they? Then they're not. But I know they have a, the odd result now and again, but Norwich and Watford aren't blowing teams away, but they know they've got the quality and they found a formula, and we just haven't been able to keep that up consistently because we're the, we all come down from the Premier League and we've clearly got the three best squads. They well, just had that consistency, haven't they? I, I don't want to look back too much, but January, you know, four defeats in a row and a, and a draw against Millwall. I mean, if you all those four games, we should have got points out of, and we should have arguably beaten Millwall as well. And you you take what one point from those five games instead of twelve or thirteen. You know, look at what a difference that makes to where we are now. Yeah, take Watford and Norwich out of the equation, Neil. Do you think it's actually quite a weak championship? Yeah. Yeah. It feels, I don't know whether it's just because we got better players, but it feels a lot weaker than when we were in it before, bizarrely, because we rocked it. So what, so really we should have thought that that was the weak championship, but, but I remember, you know, cracking, I mean, cracking games that year, um, you know, away at Middlesbrough, they, they, Middlesbrough had a strong score. They just fell away at the end, didn't they? And, uh, you know, Watford were excellent. Sheffield Wednesday coming down here. Forest, Forest Derby turning us over at their place. They went to both games. Felt like big, big teams, you know, beating us. Um, so you just, it, it, it doesn't feel the same level as it, as it did when we were, we, we were here before. And we, and we should have gone up. And if we'd appointed a decent manager at the start of the season or kept Eddie, I think we would be right up there with Norwich and Watford, and we would be having this show trying to debate whether we were going to get in the top two. Who were the three teams that went up when we um, when, when the last time we were in the Championship, so? Yeah, exactly. It's happening you know, again. It's happening again. Do you think there's a correlation, Tom, between squad happiness and results? Because there seems to be. Everyone seems to be smiling at the moment. I think confidence is massive in football, isn't it? We, we just, 
um, talk about the run we're on now. And Jeff just alluded to that run we had in January. And sometimes you have a really bad result and it turns into three or four or five bad results. You have a good few good results and it turns into three. Do you know what I mean? I think confidence is a massive thing. They they definitely look like they're playing with a smile on their face a little bit more, which is which is great to see. They seem a bit more together, don't they? But that comes with winning football matches. We weren't we weren't saying they looked unhappy at the start of the season when we weren't playing well, but we're on this massive unbeaten run. You know, sometimes it's just a, just about confidence and, and things like that. And, and Woodgate seems to have got the group quite together, which is which is nice to see. And I think they're just believing again. I think they they fell off a little bit and thought, oh god, this ain't going to happen. I'm going to have to move at the end of the season. And now oh. it feels like they think actually. When we turn up, we can easily, and then if we get in the playoffs, we can easily go back up, and then I'm going to be a Premier League player. And yeah, I, I they, they certainly look more happy, but that comes with winning football matches, and and we're doing that at the moment. So just keep ticking along. I think that's uh, like Jeff said. Then we've got Huddersfield on Tuesday. It's not just going to that. It's another one-off game. Just keep taking them as one-off games, and um, we'll, we'll be fine. And I think we'll we'll be in there. Brilliant. Well, Jeff, cl- closing comments. Oh well, I think. The championship, I, I agree with what the guys have said. The quality ain't great, but it's the hard work. And I think that is demoralising for our group of players. You know, they're, they're flair, they're exciting players. They probably want a bit more rest than they're getting. You know, it must feel like a bit of a treadmill for them. Oh, God, I've got to, I've got to produce that magic all over again. I only did it two days ago, you know. And um, I, I think that physical aspect of the division has, has been the biggest surprise and probably the, the biggest reason why we haven't, been as consistent as we would like us to have been but yeah onwards and upwards tuesday here we come let's uh let's get a good result against huddersfield i'm really looking forward to then norwich after that if we can win against huddersfield wow that'll be some game yeah we certainly do need a bit of magic and if we've got a player that can brand his own magic down you magic then we got a chance neil closing comments no i just I, all i ever want from a bournemouth side because we're not we're not going to we can't win the Premier League, so it's not going to happen. So we've probably been as far as we can go. All I ever want from from any side is that they play to their collective ability. And they put in a, a lot of effort for the fans, and uh, and and they all give they all give their all. And unfortunately, we've not really seen that for you know playing to our collective ability. We've not seen that for twenty four months. So we, we're starting to do it again now. We're starting to play like like we could. So. That, that makes me happy. Whatever the result, that makes me happy. Hi, I'm Scott Mitchell. I was a 2015 BDO World Champion and you're listening to the podcast Back of the Net. Love a good chit-chat with the boys. And if you want to watch that, it's actually on our YouTube channel right now. If you go to youtube.com forward slash AFCB podcast plus lots more besides including a watch along that myself and Mr Tiggs did over the weekend during that 4-1 win and it's fair to say I lose myself with David Brooks's goal love Dan Juma's cross I think my voice slightly went and then leapt off my chair Brilliant goal and uh, a very different way to watch a match. And we're doing watch-longs throughout the rest of the season. The final 10, we're calling it. Because ultimately, if Cherries are going to get promoted back to the Premier League, there are 10 games to go. Well, now we've got nine. Huddersfield are next. And a good performance would be lovely, especially with Norwich around the corner too. So, let's hear the lads' thoughts. Hi, this is the big Steve Fletcher. And you're listening to... Back of the net. 
AFC Bournemouth are away on Tuesday night. It's the rearranged game up in Yorkshire against Huddersfield Town. It's at half past five where I'm sure the Cherries are going to try to keep that run going. And Huddersfield Town, Tom, you were one of the lucky ones to be there at the reverse where we battered them 5-0, hoping for a peak tomorrow night, eh? Yeah, yeah, it seems like so long ago. But um, I remember at the time, it felt like, I know they did rest a lot of players. It felt like they turned up and thought, we ain't going to beat Bournemouth. And it was really it was really odd. Um, but yeah, we really put them to the to the sword that day. It was some, some really good stuff. Um, I remember... Jack Simpson having a really good game at the back as well. And we were really playing for the back and it was uh, he's not even with the club anymore. So, um, but yeah, hopefully hopefully more of the same. But um, I think both teams are, are slightly different from from them. It does feel like so long ago. But um, yeah, it was a, a nice fixture because it was the one of the only two that we could go and watch. So um, yeah, I definitely enjoyed that. And hopefully, it, uh, annoyingly, it seems like a bit of a banker, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? If, if I want a Bournemouth fan, I go, well, that's an obvious Bournemouth win. So let's just hope that we just get the job done. Yeah, it's the first of three away games in a row. So after that, we got Norwich, then Millwall. What's your, what's your points return ideally from that? I mean, nine, obviously, Neil, but what would you be okay with? Uh, I would be happy with six, I think. So we've got the Philip Billing relegation derby on Tuesday, as I like to call it. Yeah. The uh, the um, So both these relegated sides fronting off against each other. Um, I think, I'm sure he'll be central uh, to it. I bet it's a shame the fans aren't there because I think he'd probably love to to play up there. Um, I'd, I'd like to think we can we can win that and win away at Millwall. I think Norwich might be a step beyond us because they might need to win for the championship and they, they, they look on good form at their, on their own patch, don't they? So um, I, I think six, six points would be great. And Jeff, Huddersfield Town's last four games have ended in draws. The first of those four was a one-all against Birmingham City, then a draw with Cardiff, which was nil-nil, then a one-all against playoff hopefuls Brentford and their latest game, nil-nil against Rotherham. So a bit topsy-turvy, really. I mean, you'd look at the one-all against Brentford and think that's pretty good, but then Brentford haven't been great of late until the last fixture that they played. But then do you think they'll still be smarting after that away 7 nil? Annihilation at Carrow Road surely are. Surely the uh, the response from the team should have been yesterday against Rotherham. I mean, if they, if any game was a six pointer, that was it. And and Rotherham were really unlucky not to win that game. So I'm not sure that the players have really got that out of the system quite yet. And the last thing they want is to see us coming up with the attacking flair that we've got and you know threaten to give them a, another beating. So. A tough times for Huddersfield at the moment. Probably a really good time to play them. Um, they've still got a they've still got a tough run in. Um, they've got Rotherham breathing down their necks. So um, they are also a team that crumbled to us when we played them at the Vitality. So we we know we can we know we can score goals against them, and uh, they are not looking great. No. Players for Huddersfield that missed their last game through injury was uh, Harry Toffolo with a back injury, uh, Niasse hamstring, uh, Valajo with a head, uh, Schindler with a knee injury and Danny Grant with a thigh injury. Uh, Josh Karoma, Alex Pritchard and um, Aiting are back in training. And Pritchard's one that you obviously know, Tom. Yeah, he was always... It was Brentford, wasn't it, when we uh, went yeah. up first time around? And we were linked with him a few times. I think he was originally Tottenham. Um but yeah, he's always looked like a tidy player, but he seems to have gone off the radar a little bit. Um, 
mean, I know they've got Tommy Elphick. It'll be be nice if he... I mean, he's getting... I think he got, got on the bench the other day. I'm not sure when it was. Mm. I'm sure I saw something about him, you know, getting back to fitness. I, I might have, to be fair, it might have been for... I just saw it on Twitter. It might have been like a development game where he got back out there, which was nice to see. Just saw lately that they got Sonogo, or I remember at Arsenal. Um, yeah, weird one. And then they've got, like you mentioned there, Nias, who was a... I think he scored scored against, uh, against us when he was either at Everton or Hull, maybe, um, yeah. in the Premier League. They've got Fraser Campbell as well. So they've got like some really kind of weird names that you think, where are they playing now? They're all at Huddersfield by the looks of it. But um, yeah, it's been an interesting game. Like I say, when we played them before, I, I felt like they didn't come with enough belief, to be honest with you. Um, and they should have had a bit more of a go. I'm not really sure what to expect from them because the only time we played them this season, like I say, it was pretty um, self-explanatory. But yeah, I'm sure they'll, they'll sure they'll look at that and go, look, we lost 5-0 to them last time. Let's not. Do you know what I mean? A bit of pride at stake here. Let's give them a, give them a game and show them what we're all about. I think what's weird is we're going to hope to beat them um, on Tuesday and then we're going to be supporting Huddersfield for the remainder of the season because I think, like Jeff said, they've got a lot of the lot of the teams in and around us, haven't they? They're, they've. I remember when we done our uh, thing with predicting all the results, Huddersfield have played a lot of the teams, if not yeah, all oh of yeah, the teams. Yeah, I think. Right, yeah. So um, we could do with them picking up after Tuesday. Yeah. To be fair, you know, based on our confidence, we seem to be exuding it and it seems to be transmitting all around the squad. Uh, Jeff, your prediction is going to be a positive one, I presume, right? 2 0 to us. 2 0. So we're not going to be flying, but, you know, 2 0. Um, uh, you know, what do you want to see? I mean, obviously, just a win. You know, does it really matter how it comes for you or, you know, like ideally it will come with a decent performance? It, it can be as uh, as messy and unspectacular as that Blackburn one. I think just get the win. It, it's a game we, we need to win to keep momentum going, and we really should win out of the six fixtures we've got left. Left. This is a three points to us game, and if we don't play quite so well, I think that will help in the motivation for the Norwich game. The last thing we want to do is to play Huddersfield off the park and then think, oh, we can we can beat Norwich. We need to be on our game for that Norwich match. I'm going for a I'm going for a two one. I don't think it's going to be amazingly close, and I I kind of in some ways think we need that uh, just to maybe keep us in check. But we need to get the three points, Tom. I'll go in the middle of both here because I was thinking three one. So um, I do think we'll concede. I, I still at the moment, even like with that uh, Coventry game where we look quite comfortable, we still do feel like we can say it's only when I was thinking about their players then and Sonogo. I don't really know much about. I just know he's massive. Um, and I just, I don't know if this Nias will be fit or things like that. I think oh, they're going to chuck some balls in, aren't they? And yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if we conceded a silly header or something. Um, but I, I think we'll have too much for him. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to go, going to go three-one. I think I do think Phil Bill will score. Okay. And I agree with what Neil said as well. When we talk about the front three, I think he'll want to play Brooks, but we've got to appreciate he's been out for a, a long period of time now, and it's not a week. You know what I mean? It's only a few days. He's got to play again. So I think it'll, if he were to miss out, it'll only be because of that you know, just that recovery time and things like that. So, but I feel like worst case scenario and he can't play, it sounds like Stan will be ready. So that's not too bad. But um, yeah, I, I think we'll have too much for him. Similar to the Coventry game, I think it will be. But yeah, I'm going to go 3-1, Solanke to score back to back, Phil Billing and a bit of Danji Magic. Danji Magic. Neil? I'm with you, Sam. So I, I, I think they've drawn a lot of games. Uh, so I think we'll win, but I don't think we'll win by many. And I always think we'll concede. So I'm going 2-1. Sorry, it'd be boring. Two people having the same scoreline, but 2-1, I think. Okay. And I also think Solanke will get that Kirk Toby hoodoo off his back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure he lies awake at night thinking about that. <laughs> I bet he does. I bet yeah, he does. He does. Tom, 
there's a there's a cheeky little watch along going on in there. Yeah, there might be, mate. Yeah, I might tell us. Uh, was it with back of the net productions? Hundred percent watch along record. record. Oh, it's mental after that third goal. I went crazy. Yeah, we saw, mate. We saw. Gents, thank you very much, Neil. Appreciate it, mate. Thank you very much. See you soon. Jeff, nice one. See you very soon, you out. Yeah, thank you. Hi, this is Gary Chapman, the bloke who stands in the back of the North Stand shouting up the cherries. You're listening to Back of the Net. Beautiful, beautiful, really great to hear from the boys and... Yeah, going to be an interesting match against the Huddersfield. It's on AFCB TV. It's a half past five kickoff, so hopefully you can catch it as soon as you've left work. But yeah, it's going to be uh, an interesting game. I don't think, as I said on my my prediction, I don't think it's going to be plain sailing, but we'll take a win, eh? However it comes. I'm going for 2-1. I certainly appreciate your ears over the last hour or so. It's been a pleasure to bring this to you. And thanks for the feedback after our suggestion that all things YouTube are starting to take over. And the audio pod, I mean, the listens are all right. But um, what, what we're thinking of doing is maybe recording the podcast as live on YouTube as best as we possibly can. And then just ripping the audio and putting it on the podcast app. I don't know if that works for you. Hopefully it will. Nothing will really change and it might just sound a little bit less polished here and there as we'll be doing it live and all in one take. We'll see where it takes us, but also it presents us with the opportunity too of potentially putting more shows on the pod as well. So maybe a cheeky midweeker. I don't know. We're going to have a discussion in the close season to see where we take it. Maybe the division that Cherries are in will have an effect on that not too sure but either way really appreciate the feedback that we've been getting and we certainly hope you're enjoying the pod if you are you could do us a favor by leaving us a review on your podcast app wherever you listen whether it's on apple podcasts or google or or wherever you have got the chance to review and we really would appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts if you could and you know what we're giving out mugs left right and center at the moment back of the net branded mugs and um if you leave a a nice review for us within the next couple of weeks we'll pick one you've probably got a good chance of winning because no one leaves reviews for us (laughs) but we'll pick one and then we'll get one sent out to you Really appreciate all the feedback we've got anyway. Um, So there we are. We're going to be back next weekend. Norwich is a crunch game live on Sky 8pm. Cannot wait for that. And we'll be dissecting it all on YouTube on the Sunday night, but also on the podcast once again on Monday morning. Cheers for listening. This has been Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. Here's David Brooks down the right-hand side, fed by Solanke, running against the challenge of Erstegaard, in towards Denjuma, what a start, this is magnificent, 25 seconds, we knew Denjuma was on fire, goodness me, 25 seconds, it's taken for the Cherries man at the moment to have another impact, Coventry, moving their eyes in disbelief. Podcast Network.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.